0: The
1: Boss the Boss of on. The Boss, on. Yeah. The boss on, the Boss of
0: hey. You a boss, you know that you bless yes. Tell you a boss and your drip and your step. the Boss Effect Podcast. the Podcast that helps you comfortably rock in life and business. The show where you learn what it takes to be your own boss. Your one-stop shop for tips, tools, and resources. Your sweet spot for digital online business startup. When you are looking for your next step in life and business, We've got you covered, where emerging entrepreneurs come to level up their game. With your hosts, Powerhouse Performance Couple, Expert Leaders, Sean Seven. And Queen Kimmy. You are tuned in to the boss effect, not because
1: you don't desire to be your own boss, but you're also tuned in because you know you love high energy, passionate, heart centered Queen Kimmy, right? Well, guess what? Today's guest is none other than Connie Whitman. And when she's changing the sales game, she is also high energy, passionate, heart centered, and enthusiastic when it comes to, believe it or not, guys. Now, I don't know how we got to this point, but Connie's going to tell us that in just a little bit. But I want you to help me welcome Connie Whitman, the Queen of Sales. Is that okay for me to call you that, Connie? Yes, I love it, Queen Kimmy and Sean Seven. Yes, I'm all yours. (laughs) Awesome, awesome. Usually we like to do an introduction and tell everybody all about you, but you know what? You're so phenomenal. I don't want to leave anything out. I want you to take the next two to three minutes and just tell us. Who is Connie Whitman? Well, let me start by saying, Queen
2: Kimmy, I'm Connie Whitman, and I'm a boss. (laughs) I love it. So yes, I am sales. I have lived and breathed sales for 40 years and 21 of them. I have been in business and here's, here's my jam, right? It, it really is about sales, but unfortunately that word sales has that icky, sleazy, manipulative kind of vibe to it. So it repels, people get nervous. They get uncomfortable with sales conversations. And for me, sales really, and this is the nuts and bolts guys. Sales is about coming from a place of love care and respect. And that's it. And as soon as you come from that frame of reference, that it's all about the client, it takes the ick out of the sales. And now we we open our hearts to whoever our clients prospects are, and hopefully can make sales by serving others to
1: just a great extent. So that's really who I am love that love that that. and you know I can attest to that because the very first time I ever met you that is exactly the vibe and the energy that I picked up from you you know Mm -hmm. it was like it was like so like it was this fun it was playful it's like don't take yourself so serious it's not like we're gonna just you know like I just love that energy about you and I want to give a shout out to Michael Neely for connecting us with you yes Yes, Michael Neely,
2: he's the bomb.
1: He's the bomb. Yes, yes, and thank you
2: for saying that because it was funny. You know, you don't know how people perceive you. And recently, I had done a LinkedIn post, and um, somebody I did a show with, and they said to me, "Wow, you're a badass businesswoman, but you have this energy of just this loving mom, right?" So that 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 I think is really who I am. So I really do always come from a place of love, care, and respect. So I'm honored that you felt that the first time we met. Yay!
1: Well, yes, because you know, in our field, it's like branding and marketing. You have to know these things. And I remember, I don't know who it was, I was in a room at a conference and they said, you know, branding is what you tell people about yourself, but you're, you know, if it's effective by what people say about you long after you've walked out of the room. And when you walk out of the room, that is honestly what we said about you (laughs) on the conference.
2: (laughs) That you made my day, guys. You made, I am honored that you felt that way. And yeah, I, I am, I am who I am. I don't know how to be any other way. So what you see is what you get pretty much with me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you. That
1: was a very nice compliment. And, you know, and so when you're being a boss and you can actually know this is who I am, like I'm always like this, you know, I am a bold, outspoken, soulful storyteller because I'm yeah. using the, the stories of who I am and how I show up to actually change lives. And some people say, well, sales is a skill that you have to learn. And some people are born. Or would you say it's a skill that you have to learn or is it something that you're born with and you just have to enhance?
2: I think some people are just born with that ability to communicate effortlessly. It it just is. It's the, it's the way they are wired, right? I can speak much better than I could write, for instance. I was born that way. The flip side though, is I work with a lot of introverted business owners. They can never duplicate my energy because that would be weird, right? That would be like me trying to become an introvert. It would be weird. So I always say you, you can't become Connie Whitman in how you approach sales, right? Because that that's just wrong. Everybody, there is no cookie cutter, right? So like Queen Kimmy, for you, you would have to show up the way you are. Sean Seven, I think you're a little bit more quiet and reserved in your demeanor so how can you sell from your perspectives so yes i think we can learn to hone our superpowers with a little guidance right so yeah, i don't always think you're born i think you can be taught
0: you have to be willing yes right i can agree with that i was a car salesman for almost uh what a little over 10 years a little over 10 years yeah, a little over 10 years i was a car salesman and um the thing thing that I used to become like one of the best car salesmen at each dealership I worked at was I sold myself. I didn't sell the cars, and people would buy from me because they liked me and they liked my character. They could have came in for any type of vehicle, but I would have sold them anything because I was selling them myself. And That's once right. they fell in love with me, they was they believed anything I tell them because well, right. basically I, I what my, my favorite word is what integrity. Works. Oh, integrity. Okay. Yes, you know. Just when integrity you have integrity and trust, when you have integrity and trust. People they'll love you and they will buy from you and purchase whatever you could be selling water and they'll, they'll buy it.
1: That's true, too. Because you know, 18 years later, I, I like him and I kind of still believe everything he said 18 years later.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope that works for you, right? That's a good thing, guys. You cracked me up. And you know what, uh, Swan Seven, that I think the important thing with that is I bet you got referrals from that. So, yeah. right. I come in, I buy a car. I love you. You're honest. You're good. You really helped me get the best deal, whatever, right. Whatever your magic was in that engagement with that, that particular client car, whatever, it doesn't matter. I bet you got referrals because we all know buying a car, it's horrifying because you go in and it's this haggle and you're waiting to get ripped off, right? It's that whole vibe walking in. Then you meet someone like you, I'm going to bring all my friends and family every time a car is needed. I think that's the importance of just doing the right job. Doing it, showing up, and being honest.
0: And you know, you when you did the right job is when three years later you're not even in the business anymore. Your phone still rings because people want to ask you, "Hey, I know you're not in the car business, but who do you think I should go to, or what do you think about this new vehicle that just came out, and this and yep. that?" So I still, I still love that. I love. You're that. called a trusted advisor. <laughs> Stop it. I will take that. (laughs) A trusted
1: advisor. Could I get a little bit more about that job description, please? (laughs) 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 Why, you want to be a trusted advisor?
0: You are, too. That's why you can be the CEO.
1: (laughs) Okay, wow. (laughs) I love it. Wow, he just gave you the power. He just gave me the power. I like that. I like I like power. We all know I like power. It's one of our favorite um words because when you're in a place of I know who I am and I know what my story is, I can stand in that power. I can stand in okay. This is how I'm going to show up today. This is what I'm going to do today. But I think when you're talking about relationships, how do you manage those relationships and start those relationships? When you say it, you know, like myself and you, I just learned a new word. I'm going to share right now. First time ever saying it live. I just learned alpha female energy.
2: I'm liking that. I think I have alpha female energy. I'm digging it. I'm digging it.
1: I'm grooving with it. <laughs> Yes. yes. So when you have that energy and you're in sales, sometimes that can be intimidating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you deal with that?
2: Yeah. It, you know, it's funny because it's- Okay. So I have a free communication style assessment. It's a tool and I think it's a useful tool. So let me give you an example, for instance, right? Queen Kimmy, you and I were high energy. We're very direct, right? We're very honest, all of those things. So if I'm talking to someone who's, and and the other thing is I think you and I zoom out. I like to talk from this very big picture perspective. Please don't get in the weeds with me. I can make a decision. Give me three facts. I'll make a decision today, right? Well, everybody's not wired that way. So there's five behaviors styles that we kind of focus or, or come from as humans. So 20% of the time, we're talking to people just like us, easy peasy, easy conversation. 80% of the time, we're talking to people that are different than us. So here's my example, right? I like big picture. I move fast. I think fast. When I have a client that is an introvert, they're a computer programming firm or an engineering firm, I have to literally slow down. I have to reel in my energy and I need to get in the weeds with them, provide those analytics, give them the details that they need. I'm not being inauthentic. I am. I'm being authentic. I just understand who they are. Remember before I said, it's all about the client. It's never about me. So as soon as I understand who they are, how they communicate, what information, they need from me to make a decision. The whole game changes, and and so literally, I have to reel my energy in. Another thing too is I'm looking directly at my camera, right? So I'm if if we were live. That would be the equivalent of making eye contact. With engineers, computer programmers, that would be very intense for them. So when I'm on a Zoom call now, like you'll see me look away. You have to create these new habits because we're in kind of a different vibe now that we're virtual versus live all the time. I can never make direct contact like this with an engineer or computer programmer. They would be like, why is she looking at me? They wouldn't be listening to what I was saying. So you get the vibe of where I'm going with that. You have to to modify or flex the word they use too is flex so that my message
1: lands for them right it's all about them value 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 listen I know you're listening right now you're thinking oh my god Connie so great I just want you to know like to every podcast guest that has come on so far Connie you are my favorite oh I love that thank you (laughs) And, and I, I'm saying that like from the deepest places of my heart Aww. because that is what you just said it. You can always be who you are, but you have to recognize the energy in the room as a speaker. Yes. And that's one of the things, you know, because I'm a speaker, so I'm a, I'm using speakers because that's my lane. Okay. <laughs> so you have to recognize the energy in the room and you have to know that you come to provide value. And sometimes, as Les Brown says, when in the room, you'd have to pretend you're a Roman. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
2: Absolutely, and, and again, it's not being unauthentic. It's making sure that your message is being delivered the way that person is in receiving mode. Right? Here's the deal. Right? What the, I think the attention span is six seconds. A goldfish has seven seconds. So we really don't listen. We it's hard for humans. It's hard for us to pay attention. So if I'm not delivering my messaging for them to be in reception mode, you failed right out of the gate. So that's you know that's part of the. Sales conversation, and you asked, How do I build trust? That to me is first and foremost, it's not about you, it's about the client. Who are they? And how do they need to be communicated with? And unfortunately, I think our society were becoming even worse at communicating because of all of the phones, texting, TikTok, you know, Instagram, these short little clips that we're forgetting how to have real conversations with clients. I remembered I did an I did a speaking event for Microsoft. So I had people from around the world that were in maybe about 50 people on Zoom. It was during COVID. So I had engineers and I had all different styles. And I talked about communication as I was presenting because it wasn't just two people. It was 50 people. I sped up. I slowed down. I gave detail. I did broad, broad stroke, big picture. And one of the gentlemen at the end for the Q&A, he said, that was like, you live and breathe what you're teaching because I needed it a little bit slower. And then I found you like, just when I was thinking that you slowed down and then you sped up again for those in the room that needed that little bit of, of energy flow. Right. So you, you just have to, you have to speak to the audience and, and you have to be in control of how you're doing that. Honey, what was it like for you before you mastered that skill? You know, Queen Kimmy, it's so funny because I think I've always been good at it. I've just really honed it through the years. And I'll just share a really funny story. When I was a little kid, we want, we want to ask my mom and dad, there are four kids, right? And I was, I was in the middle girl. So I don't know, middle child syndrome for my psychologist listening. I don't know, maybe it's a middle, middle child syndrome. But every time we, want, we wanted to go to the pool with my cousin, I don't know, whatever it was. My siblings, my two older siblings. You go ask mommy and daddy. I'd be like, why can't you go ask? No, you have a way of asking that. We usually get a 50-50 shot of getting a yes. So I'd be like, all right, whatever. So this is what I would do, right? I was like the negotiator at the age of five. I'd go, Ma, I know you're not going to say yes right out of the gate, but hear me out. And I would lay out my argument very logically. And I'd go, don't answer me now think about it. And she'd go, all right, maybe. I go, I'll take a maybe. A maybe's good. And inevitably, 50% of the time, she would say yes. 50% of the time, she'd be like, you people are out of your mind, you kids, right? But I was the speaker for the family from as long as I can remember Queen Kimmy. It was hysterical.
0: So Connie, what was that that light that sparked in you that said, you know what? I can be my own boss. I can take a shot at doing this entrepreneurs.
2: Yeah, it's such a great question, um Sean 7. So when I was 39, I had two babies, I had a 1-year-old and a 4-year-old, and I was working. I was a financial advisor and working for a bank at the time and we I had grown to the executive level which was wonderful right you have all the stability etc cetera, nonsense it banking in the 90s it was this merger mania and i remember coming home it was like the fourth merger in like a year and a half and i came home to my husband and i said like dude I can't do this anymore I need control of my time because I had two babies at home and i was working an awful lot of hours and I said I want control of my income I feel like i'm not living up to my potential and it was cute because he said to me well what do you want to do and i go i want to get fired <laughs> <He> said, <laughs> then what do you want to do I'm Like i want to open my own business right he, we're married 30 years this past january so he my husband truly gets me okay but that that's such a good question. I always knew I wanted to be my own business, but you have responsibilities, right? We have mortgages. So I, because of my executive level, I had been with that particular organization for 13 years. I had a 13 month package. So I knew if I didn't take the risk at that point where I had a little bit of a safety net, I never would have done it. So I took the leap of faith and that was 21 years ago.
0: Oh,
1: man. Wait a minute. That was 21 years ago. And I just heard you say that you were married 30, 30. years yes. in January. Yes. Man. So that's longer. That's almost the that. Oh, my gosh. What? My husband really was great and supportive. The entirety of you being an entrepreneur.
2: Yes, yes, and it's so funny because when COVID hit, right, I I I did everything live prior to COVID. So all my clients that we couldn't train, we couldn't do anything. My speaking gigs, everything fell through the cracks, right? It was done. I still had those contracts, but who knew when the money was going to come back in? And my husband's company um it, it closed. So he was looking for a new job. I had no income coming in and we had two kids in college. What do you do? I threw up. Of course I threw up. <laughs> what do we do now? So here's, here's my message to those wanting to, if you're, if you're working in a corporate environment, you're looking to, you know, start your own, own gig. I highly recommend it. Make sure you have money in the bank because I, we had a year of income in the bank, thank God. So that, and then he did get a job and then, you know, everything came back to life again. But at that point, and, and this was interesting because I was rebranding, you know, Michael Neely, I had hired him as a coach. I hired a writing coach. Um, I was rebranding my entire website and business, tens of thousands of dollars I was spending and we had no income. So my husband and I, we had a talk and I said, I, I don't know what to do. And he said, what do you think? And I said, my gut's telling me, I got, I got to keep moving forward. Otherwise, what if we never go back live? We don't know this COVID thing. What's going to happen? My gut's telling me I have to keep spending the money. So he said, do it. And I, worst case scenario, we lose the house. We move in with my parents, right? What's the worst thing that's going to happen? We're still healthy. We, we still have skill. And again, you roll the dice, you take the risk and nobody works harder than me guys. So, you know, I'm, I, I knew I would make it work and, you know, two years later, I'm making more money i have two divisions within my business you gotta listen to your gut but you, you have to have that money saved for that's your safety net because things go wrong beyond your control
0: mm-hmm. right so Connie, i got a two-part question for you sure first part is in the beginning stages of your journey who was the three most influential people that played a part in your in, in your uh, in your growth
2: So it's funny, you mentioned Les Brown. I watched and listened and anything he had because I I loved his um, energy. I loved his message. Like he's just, I think a good guy. You know what I mean? So that resonated with me, but his messaging was like, yes, yes. And also when I opened my business 20 years ago, I had a huge shift in my life that I became much more spiritual. I had no idea what law of attraction was, manifestation. I had been doing it my entire life right i i had it was intuitive i think up to that point like you guys are much younger than me so all this law of attraction manifestation that really has been in the past 20 years so les brown was big factor for me the other one i don't know if you know or natalie ledwill she changed my life. I had, I she was on my show and I, I'll make you laugh. So at first I go, Natalie, you got to give me a minute. She's like, why? I said, I'm starstruck. I'm like, Hamada, Hamada. I don't even know what I want to ask you, right? Because I had read everything. I watched her inspirational show. I couldn't get enough information. And the other influential factor for me was Dr. Wayne Dyer. I wrote, read every book that he had um, to just... Uh, again, understand this thoughts become, you know, your reality, right? That energy exchange, all of those things. I had been living it. I didn't, I couldn't define it. So these were defining moments for me that helped me focus my energy even better and then create even more success. It's, It's the coolest thing, right? But they, I think they were the three main ones.
0: And you almost went into the second part of my question. I was going to ask can you give our listeners one book that also helped push you on your journey as well?
2: All right. So I'm going to say two if I can. Go ahead, Queen Kimmy. You have a question. Notice he said only one. Okay. All right. Only one. Um, I think The Alchemist.
0: Mm. I've heard you know what I've heard a lot about that
2: Here, You can read it in an hour. It's the shortest book you'll ever read. The whole fable, his journey of the you know, the alchemist through the through the story. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, you can find your happiness in your own backyard, right? Wizard of Oz is my favorite movie of all time because that idea of, right, we keep looking and searching and look in your backyard. It's there. It's waiting for you. You just have to open your soul to it, right? So The Alchemist, if you haven't read it, it's literally, you can read it in an hour, but the messaging, the clarity, the um, inspiration,
1: mind-blowing, Mm. Okay, so we have been so caught up in just the value, the information, the tips and just literally having a great conversation with you that we totally realized that six minutes ago in this interview, we were supposed to implement this thing called 10K in 10 days, which is the game we like to play with all of our guests when they come on. Okay. And guess what? And I'm sure that you're gonna knock it right out of the park. Stress, stress. Yes, <laughs> yes. Because we want to challenge you. How does making twenty thousand dollars sound? Uh, yeah. Sign me up, right? Okay. Well, you have to do your part by first earning ten thousand dollars, and then we'll give you the other ten thousand.
0: Yep. Play play money though. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Monopoly yeah. money. I'm with you. i wait for you to jump in. Game, play, play money.
1: Yeah, that part. So boss effect money. We're
2: gonna call the it boss effect money. By <laughs> the way, guys, just had a brain blast for, for additional business. You should create the boss effect money and then give it away, play with it, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah.
0: Cool. Call it boss books.
2: Boss, boss, boss books. I love it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> New invention. Don't go ahead
0: tell you real quick. Look, look, <laughs> I'm
1: writing it down. Boss books. Okay.
0: You want to go ahead and lay out the books. I'm I'm going to give you the rules, Connie. So first things first, we're going to start you out with a hundred dollars. Now, the thing about this hundred dollars, you can't borrow any more money from friends or family or banks.
2: Okay. We're
0: going to give you a beater truck to get around in. They're only going to get you from point A to point B. Then (laughs) then you're going to start off with nobody knows you. Nobody knows you. So it's like you're starting off from ground zero. Okay. But the good thing about starting from ground zero, you still get to use the internet and any intellectual property that you may have, as far as like your college degrees or any business that you already have in place. Okay. Now, what we want you to do is tell our listeners how you're going to go about getting 10K in 10 days.
2: Okay. So, the first thing I would say is understand what your zone of genius is, right? So you have to identify what are your strengths, what do you bring to the table and how can you serve? So that would be my first thing, really self-reflect, self-assess and identify. Second thing I would do is I probably would reach out to people I know and trust not just know, but trust their judgment, et cetera. And I would run my ideas by them. And I would brainstorm with people who are smarter than me in essence, or successful, more successful people than me at that point in time. So I would do a little bit of research to figure out what's landing, what sounds right. Um, and then for me, I would, I would just network like a crazy person and meet as many people as I can In my lane. So you need to find where those people are. My people happen to be on LinkedIn, for instance, right? How do you engage there to find the people that need your services? And then again, before you start asking for business, right? It's not about, hey, I met you. I think you're a great fit. Why don't you buy from me? Because I need to make $10,000 fag flag on the play. That's disgusting, right? Really understand. And then I would always come from the place of how can I serve you? How can I help you first? And then the rest always falls into place. Was that a good answer?
1: <laughs> hey, that was the Connie Whitman's answer. And that was indeed from your soul. Because what we've learned is that in order to be a boss, you have to serve from your soul. Agree. Yeah, agree. And it's all about service. My next thing for you is this. With those people, you found your zone of genius, you're you're networking, people are getting to know you, you're going to be asking, how can I serve you? You're going to be providing that service. And we just had this big major event and Connie just walked off the stage. What is the one most profound message that you want to have delivered? You want them to say, Connie just came and Wow, I think we need to change the word
2: sales from that vibrationally internally, especially for business owners. Right? We we love what we do. We're passionate about what we do. But as soon as it comes to asking for the business or having that sales conversation, uh, 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 like we start floundering and become not who we are. So I think if you truly come from that place of service and fully understand who that client is in front of you, that ask questions. And listen, really listen, and then dig deeper to understand who that person is and what their stressors are. I hate the word pain points. I'm, an, I'm a positive a phraseology person, not a negative, but everybody knows the word pain point, right? So what is their true pain point? And if you can't serve them, right? Be honorable. Who can you serve them with, right? So who in your network can you do an introduction? So now you win because you've shared, right? It goes back to the referrals, uh, Sean Seven that we talked about before, right? So I'm serving my my network because I'm sharing people that aren't a good fit for me. I'm honoring myself and then I'm honoring the client as well. And, and just one other quick Thing I'll I'll share just a brief story. I know this is a longer answer than you were seeking, but years ago I had a CEO of a bank, and he was going to hire me, and he had like two branches. It was not cost effective. He would not have gotten the return on the investment. So I actually said to him, "I I just can't take the business because it's ripping you off." He's like, "But I need you." I'm like, "But I'm ripping you off." let me work with, and he had a real, real smart young man in marketing. I said, I can teach him what you need to teach your people. Hire me as a consultant. It'll be a much lower price point and you'll, you'll still get the same results. Your return on investment will be great. And he became, so I made nothing off him. He became one of my best referrers. So do the right thing. The results will come always, always. Yes. Yeah.
0: So, Connie, if listeners out there are, are listening right now and they want to work uh, deeper with Connie, where can they get in touch with you?
2: Best thing to do, email me or I have a free gift. That's probably the best way because then they'll get on my email list and then they can email me directly um, if they have a question. But if they go to com slash. C-S-A. You can take my free communication style assessment and they'll get two reports. One spotlighting your superpowers. Really lean into that because that's going to serve you. Also, you will get the blind spot. My example before with the engineering firm, that's my lowest style. So you have to think about it. I have, When I'm with someone like that, I'm thinking a lot more than just shooting off the cuff because I need to show up for them. So they'll get their blind spots, which sometimes I think is even more valuable then we kind of know our superpowers. We don't always know our blind spots. So um, that's a free free gift for me. And then they can email me with any questions. And I'm willing to jump on a 15-minute call with anybody if they'd like um, to debrief and tell them how to lean into their strengths, but also to be mindful of their blind spots.
0: So Connie, for that 15-minute uh, phone call, is that also included in that link?
2: No, so they are two different things, but I'm happy to honor your listeners uh, with like a double bonus, if you will. So changingthesalesgame.com slash communication style assessment. We'll put that link in the show notes. And then all they have to do is email me from that. they'll, They'll get on my email list, right? So then they'll be like, hey, thanks for showing up and here's your free gift. And then they could reply, hey, Connie, I'd love to debrief for 15 minutes my communications, my specific communication style assessment and I'll spotlight their superpowers and and really, really highlight their blind spots because that's more important. Awesome. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. We like
1: free gifts. I we know. Like I gifts. do too. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when there are free gifts that have so much value and that have the potential to change a life yes. for yeah. the better.
2: Yeah. And I just want to add that it, once they get their communication style assessment, obviously it's free. They can have their family members. What I've found, and I've been using a communication model for 40 years in my career, and I use it on my kids. I use it with my kids, I should say, and my husband. That's why we've been happily married, I think, for 30 years. You meet people halfway and eliminate some of our judgments and biases that we all have. We're human. So this communication, it's life-changing because you can use it both in your personal as well as your professional life so i just i love leveraging tools that we could make
1: magic in the world right yep. awesome well kind of guess what you came by the boss effect podcast you dropped value yes, i would yes. say she came she showed up she showed out okay <laughs> and you are the epitome of a bold outspoken, outspoken, outspoken so storyteller and we would love for you to say any parting words and then we will be out Be you. It's the best you can do. Be you.
0: You heard it here first on The Boss Effect. And we're out. Thank you, guys. Thank you. You've been listening to Sean Seven and Queen Kimmy. With an I-E. Thanks for tuning in to The Boss Effect Podcast. Be sure to subscribe. So that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review. Be sure to share this thing out. Share this thing out.
1: Hey, share this thing out. Share this thing out.
0: Tune in every Tuesday for more exciting insights and wisdom on being your own boss. And until next time, peace and blessings in both life and business. Remember, what works for us might not work for you. So take what you need and leave what you don't.